Welcome to Mac and Blue, where we introduce you to who is building Arizona, bringing you the people and businesses that shape the landscape around us. From economic development and developers, underwriters and lenders, architects and engineers, to the very builders and suppliers that bring it all together. Now let's join our hosts, Robert Johnson and JJ Levensky, aka Mac and Blue. Welcome to Mac and Blue, where we introduce you to who is building Arizona. I'm Robert Johnson, Vice President, Business Development with Tory Contracting. The guy there in the lower corner, right-hand corner on my screen, is J.J. Levinsky, President of Blue Wave General Contracting. What's up, J.J.? Hey, buddy. How are you today? Uh, You know, doing well, doing well. It's much warmer than it is, I believe, where our guest, Tim Defoe from concert. He is co-founder and chief revenue officer. Welcome. Thanks. It's good to be here. We're pretty warm today. So <laughs> you're warm. Yeah. Now what's pretty warm today for you? Uh, heat index is uh, 102. So oh, that is actually pretty warm. Now I think it's probably 115 or something crazy here today, but um, yeah, that is pretty warm for you. And I still, you, I you still don't miss the humidity though. <laughs> it's a yeah. lot of humidity. Yeah. yeah. And you, you are in Minnesota? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, welcome. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, Concert. Yeah, yeah. Happy to. And appreciate having the opportunity to share some time with you guys today because there's a really interesting shift that's happening in design and construction. And that's what led us to create Concert in the first place. So I am an architect by training. I actually was CEO of a large architecture firm uh, called Cunningham that has offices around the country and was CEO there for 15 years. I've been in the business for almost 40 years and uh, worked in a lot of different components of architecture and design, but really functionally was focused on where are we going as an industry and then where was Cunningham going as an individual firm for the last 15 years. And what I really started to see was we got a huge disconnect in design and construction. And it's just been frustrating in many different ways because we were responsible for doing things that are amazing. We're responsible for really building communities mm-hmm. around the country, around the world. We, you know, we have the opportunity to work with some amazing clients and we, we do things for them that help solve their business and institutional problems. But it's just sort of a, it's a mess. I mean, the process of design and construction is so full of inefficiency and so full of miscommun- <clears throat> miscommunication and just absolute um, mistranslation, arguments, pushing and shoving and, and finger pointing. It just is frustrating as a, as a professional to go to work every day and just have to deal with that as a mechanism for what we're trying to do for our clients around, around the country and around the world. So a couple of years ago, I was having a conversation with one of the larger contractors in the, in the Twin Cities. This contractor just sort of asked this question, said, you know, why is it that architects won't share their information with contractors? Uh, we will issue the plans and specifications. Those are the official documents that everything's supposed to be built from. Right. But we develop so much more information 
in the process of creating those plans and specifications. We, you know, at, for the last 10 years, we've been building virtual versions of our buildings as part of the design process. We've been using that for communicating with our clients. We're putting tremendous amounts of data and information about that building into that virtual version. And then we deprecate it out to a two-dimensional floor plan and some specifications. And then we hand it to the contractors and say, here, go build it, I dare you. <laughs> That's where the blame game starts, yeah. Exactly, you know, yeah. and, then, and then the craziest thing of all is then the contractor goes and takes those two-dimensional drawings and they build their own three-dimensional model. And it's like, this is insane. Why are we doing this? We should not be wasting the time. We shouldn't be wasting the energy. And we certainly shouldn't be wasting all of the information that could be shared across the design and construction ecosystem. So that's what led us to say, there has to be a way we can do this. There has to be a way that we as architects can share our information knowing what we're sharing, mm -hmm. being able to stand behind that with the power of our license and to be able to be comfortable enough that when I share something with you, I can go back and I have a record <clears throat> and that record can't be changed. It can't be deleted. It can't be, it can't be manipulated in any way, shape or form. And that's what led us to really form a concert uh, as a, at the genesis of that moment. So, so, how, so Tim, how uh, many, so just to repeat, how many years ago was that, that you really that's started? That's three years ago. That was, okay. Right. Okay. Basically, April of 2019, we had this conversation, and my CTO at the time, who's now also with Concert, Adam Ulbricht, and I, we went out to Silicon Valley, and we met with some you know, really, really smart people out there. We said, we think there's got to be a way to do this. We think there's got to be a, a mechanism, and what it comes down to is, how do we digitally sign data? Because in the, in the realm of architecture design, we sign the drawings, we sign the specifications, and that's our license. That's what we use uh, as the mechanism to say, this is the information of record, this is the information that is, you have the reliance to build on. And so what we're saying is like, well, that's, let's just take away that whole step right there and say, no, we wanna sign that digital information. And in its entirety, and we want to create a record that allows us to go back and say, on this date, I gave you this information. And that information was to be used for this purpose and this purpose only. So you have that, that record. And what we, what we really believed at the time was, we think blockchain has the capacity to do this. And we had some conversation with folks out in Silicon Valley, and they said, you know, there's a lot of things that blockchain has been thought of and the people have asked about, we could use blockchain for this. And there's a lot of it's like, no, that's not a good use for this. But they said, this is exactly what blockchain would be perfect for. And Amazing. so that was the start of the journey, April of 2019. So let me, let me just say, interject here for a minute. So for our audience, I met Tim a while back. And the irony is, is we probably should have met 20 years ago because we ran in the same circles in, in the upper Midwest for a long time and uh and most everyone knows who cunningham is in the, in the a and e world and tim and i have tons of mutual friends yet we never worked on any projects together because uh, when i was in the midwest it, we were working on things that weren't in the cunningham repertoire per se 
but it was so cool as we had some mutual friends introduce us. And ever since that, I would say that Tim and I have been geeking out together on everything related to blockchain, the, everything that we're going to talk about in concert here. And that's why I reached out to see if he would be part of this uh, building Arizona, because he's represented clients that are here. This isn't, this isn't central or centric just to Arizona. This is, this is worldwide, but just wanting to bring it home to our audience here in Arizona and nationwide. So that was just, a, I probably should have started that earlier, but um, even up until a few weeks ago, we have a mutual friend, Tim and I, where he flew in from, from California and to say that we geeked out on the future of this is kind of an understatement. When we start playing the geek out game, most people are just going, you guys are nuts, but it's not nuts. And, and with that, throughout the, the rest of this podcast, I, I hope to see that, or I hope the audience realizes that what Tim is onto is a pragmatic solution for our real world problem. And um, so having said all that, Tim, now let's go back to give the audience a perspective of those Silicon Valley days, like then what, like then what happened? Did you, did you go and start right away? And what did that process look like? Or were you deflated? Did you have to go back and do a, a mind map of how you're going to conquer this? I mean, give, give us a sense of what you had to overcome. With everything, when you get a great idea, the first thing you really need to do is understand, is there something out there already like this? And you know, we, uh, Adam and I did a lot of exploring about the different mechanisms, different systems that are already in the marketplace that serve design and construction and do any of them do what we believe we need to get done with this, with this, with this idea. And yeah, there are a lot of information sharing platforms that are used in design and construction. There are a lot of, you know, there's a big discussion these days about common data environments that, you know, the whole idea being is that all of the data for a construction or design construction project is stored in one location so that everybody can go and get the most current information and it's always accessible to the project team. There's obviously there are signature softwares out there, DocuSign or, or something like that. They, the, the mechanisms exist to digitally sign things. There are mechanisms that exist to record what a file contains or what a file, uh, what the characteristics of a file are at a moment in time. So all of these systems exist, but the reality is, is all of them fall short of getting to that, that level of trust and confidence that you have to have when you're talking about an architect signing information with the power of their license. Uh, I think this is one of the pieces that I'm not sure that the general public understands is really what architects are responsible for. I was listening to your podcast last week and you talked a little bit about some liability issues. Yeah. And there's a huge liability that goes into the architect. I think you talked about, you know, what if a building falls down? Well, the architect has responsibility besides in addition to the contractor. So having something that you're signing as, as an architect and you're signing with this license that, you know, fundamentally uh, your entire life and your profession is built around. It's a big deal. It's a really important part of the process of certifying that you have met the rigorous requirements of building code, of the standards that are in the building industry, that you've taken all of the proper precautions to make sure that the building is designed to be robust, to protect people and to serve the needs of the client. Hey Tim. So it's no, 
yeah. at a high level for the audience sake, what, what is the current state of, of digital signatories? You know, you know, I mean, you talked about DocuSign, but just educate the public about how that works in, 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 in the concert platform itself. Sure. So if you look at DocuSign, the way DocuSign works is it's a replica of a paper transaction. When you sign a document in DocuSign, you're digitally, it's basically putting a digital copy of your signature on a digital copy of a piece of paper. And then DocuSign is recording the date, the time, your credentials based upon their verification, and then the file, the size of the file at that moment in time. So that's, that is the standard, if you will, in the, the signature, signature market. What concert does is we take it actually a, a complete whole other step further and say, we're not just simply going to look at how big was the file at the moment in time that you, that you signed it. We're actually going to record what was every one and every zero inside of that file and where were they located at that moment in time. So if one, one or one, zero, one byte inside of that file changes, it's not the same file. Mm. And that's a financial level of, of, verification and rigor that you know from the standpoint of my professional license gives me great confidence that I can transfer I can share something with you I can sign it with my license and I will always know the second component of it is, is creating a permanent record uh, as much as the other softwares will create records of those files you know they're stored on basically servers and like just everything else in the world uh, Amazon servers or Microsoft servers or whatever. What we do in concert is we take and we create a digital record of every one and every zero, including your personal information, your verified identity, your verified license. We verify that you're actually, your license is valid and you are able to sign this in whatever municipality or jurisdiction you're working in at that moment in time. And then we create an absolute unbreakable encrypted record of all of that information, all those ones and zeros embedded together. You cannot tear it apart and you can't hack it. It's, it's at a level of encryption that is impossible to hack. So yeah. that permanent record becomes literally a financial grade transaction. That's awesome. You know, and, I, and, and where this really, my brain is, is, or it exploded 10 minutes ago, but, you know, from being an older guy and been in construction, you know, the way you started was absolutely on, on target, you know, always this pushback in the fight. Well, the business that I'm in currently is prefabricated cold form steel and doing wall panels and so forth. And the back and forth that happens, but when we're doing something, we're building, building models within Revit that get passed back and forth to an architect an engineer, all these different people. I mean, it clash detection and all the things that happen, it gets, there's no way to keep it straight if you're not doing something like this. And boy, can it go sideways fast. So I, I'm totally, I, I'm, I so want to do this on something so bad. Uh, we're going to find a way to do it. But well, yeah, that's perfect. Thanks for the intro, Robert, because I was trying to tee up like a, a, a case study or a testimonial and you did it. So when you hear that, Tim, how does the concert team 
take that struggle like with what Robert's doing with Tori and let's say those groups, how would how would concert provide the solution in that in that framework, if you will? There's multiple mechanisms today that allow you to in that BIM environment to share that model and to work collaboratively inside of that model. Autodesk has, you know, five different products that allow you to do that. Mm -hmm. um, again, it gets exactly what you say, where it's like, how do you, how do I know what the right one is? How do I know that I'm working on the right version at the right time and, you know, in the right place? And that's what, what concert does is it creates that fingerprint, basically, of the information at, that's important and should be used at that moment in time. And if you're sitting there working on a file, even if you're working in Autodesk Construction Cloud, you can drag your file, that file over to concert. And if the project's in concert, even you're not logged in, you're just on an open web browser, drag that file in the concert, concert will pop up and say, you're working on this file, it's version this, it was reg registered on this day by this person, it's version 24 of 46. You're not working on the most current version. Yeah, that's the key right there. That is the key. And it will tell you the current version is, you know, over here. And if you now to get to it, you're gonna have to have you're gonna have to log in, you have to be part of the concert platform. But the whole point is create the mechanism for that sharing to happen and create the create the systems that allow everybody inside the project team to at any point in time just check, am I working on the most current information? Tory Contracting, your full-service Division 9 contractor. Tory Contracting operates with a smaller, hands-on team. This cohesive structure results in superior workmanship and economical solutions. We deliver projects with unsurpassed commitment to quality and stewardship of budget. Tory Contracting, small enough to listen, big enough to deliver. So Tim, let's say we have a bunch of sophisticated listeners and the ones that were new to this. I think an obvious question is, is what do I need for systems to integrate within concert? Can you address that at, at any level? Nothing. I teed you up for that, but that's, <laughs> yeah. but people are going to say, no way, Tim, you know, I, I don't understand. So just give an example of make, make up a project and just explain how, why that is. So there's been a lot of discussion about SaaS platforms. So SaaS just means software as a service. And that's basically, it's a web-based uh, program. You don't have to have any software on your laptop or your, your desktop. You don't have to have any special capacities on your computers. It's a website that you're going to go to and you're going to log in just like any other website that you log into. And Concert is also, the mechanism, the entire mechanism is based upon recognizing the ones and zeros. And that's all done in the background inside of you know the concert platform so you don't it, it's it's agnostic to whatever the data the data that you're trying to check is it could be an excel spreadsheet it could be a bim model it could be a fabrication model in a different fabricating software it could be a cnc type software and structurally it could be a tecla model you could any of those any digital information that you have that you're using in the design and construction process can be verified can as long as it's recorded in the concert platform it can be verified you can we do create a mechanism where you can uh, store a record copy of that information at the moment that you record it but you don't have to the information can be stored on your computer it can be stored on a server someplace else 
Um, the whole point being is that we're focusing on the record, creating that permanent record that can't be changed and that has the, the authorizing mechanism for how the information should be used. In utilizing this and just to make it as simple as possible, if, if it gets, when you get down to construction, you're going to go to construction. There is absolutely no reason to come back and say, well, this was the last version I got. The sidewalks were on this side of the building. Now it's a retention basin. Theoretically, that just won't happen. Can't happen if you're using this type. And then, you know, I mean, that's, I'm using a rare instance, but not as rare as some people would think. It happens all the time, doesn't it? Uh, it yeah. really, it really does. And, uh, you know, I've had egg on my face. I know JJ has. I, I, I just, anybody that's been in the world has had that egg on their face. This to me is that, man, I can breathe a little bit easier, but by knowing, and once this becomes at, at some point, and I guess I'm going to get ahead of myself here, but at some point this is going to become the norm where every single project you work on, this is what's happening. And so you will be used to the jargon, the versions, notes, things popping up. So absolutely, well, absolutely amazing. And I think, Robert, the, one of the keys is let's go back to what Tim was talking about earlier. I'll, I'll just speak to it at a personal level. And, and you can rec actually you recognize it probably more than I do, Robert, within your specialty trade is that remember when Tim was talking about how everybody's modeling everything right now in 3D or XD, right? Mm -hmm. And then us dummies convert it back into 2D and then blow it back up again. That is the dumbest thing on the planet, right? So where I'm going with this is that that interface so that everyone can start not going through those extra steps to mm -hmm. strip it back down to the chassis and then build it back up and have it different than what it originally was. That is just so paramount of, of how we're, how we're going to make this transition. Now, let me go down a different path though. Tim, if you take all the sophisticated and unsophisticated general contractors, trade partners, architects, engineers, consultants, that's all well and good because we're all kind of playing and, and moving towards this. Where has the difficulty been on the municipal side as far as plan reviewers and, and permit providers and those municipalities that are doing the reviews? Do you see that in your, in your short traction with, with concert, have you been able to get over that bridge anywhere across the country yet? You know, we've been having conversations with uh, a number of different code authorities around the country. Uh, we've talked to some folks out east. We talked to city of Minneapolis here, JJ, probably, yep. you know, working with them. Uh, city of San Francisco. Uh, we, you know, we've been reaching out to some what we think are more likely AHJs or authorities having jurisdiction that are going to be look, willing to look at something like this. Almost all of them use, I think in the United States, there's a one code software, code submission software that Correct. is used by, I believe, I think it's something like 65 or 75% of all the cities in the country. And it's all based upon submitting PDFs. We also recognize too that there's a transition period here. I mean, paper documentation is not gonna disappear overnight. No. Um, there's still gonna be you know guys out in the field who are gonna pull out a a plan and you don't want to see a plan well, all we're trying to do is create the mechanism at the front end that allows for that the deeper sharing of digital information so that you know when it comes to the fabrication when it comes to 
the you know all the different subtrades that the major subtrades that are working in a building that we can we can actually translate that information more effectively than trying to transcribe it into 2D and then have somebody else interpret it into something else. But jurisdictionally, you know, the co-officials are a, a ways out. There's a lot of interest in, in moving this way. They know they're going to go this way. Um, I think Mecklenburg County out in, in uh, South Carolina is the most advanced in terms of that. They are actually requiring submitting the BIM model for your building permit at this point in time. <clears throat> there are softwares out there, and they're no different than clash detection softwares. There are softwares that can do an entire code uh, review of the model and identify areas where there might be a conflict with the code inside the model. So, but Tim, Tim, let me interject. But you, you, what you're saying makes absolute sense, but the number of engineers out there that don't work within Revit it is amazing to me. Like you say, it, there's a transition. So I, I apologize, but man, it's like, yeah, I know, but we're not even everybody on the same page using the software yeah. yet. So, well, and again, that's why we're completely agnostic to what the data is. Mm -hmm. You could be working in a Bentley BIM, you could be working in Revit, you could be working in any of the other BIM softwares that are out there. We don't care. I mean, the data is the data. Again, we're just looking at ones and zeros. Yeah. And so it does become a mechanism that for the design and construction team, what's the what's the thing that makes the most sense? I you know I talked about Tecla before, <laughs> big structural uh, big structural programs. You know when you're doing some of these big buildings, you know Tecla is the standard for prefabrication of all of the steel components in a building. So a lot of the big engineers will use they'll take the Revit model and then they'll export it into a tech into Tecla. And they'll detail all the steel and technical. Correct. Right. So those mechanisms mechanisms exist for the different softwares to talk to each other. You can register, record the, the Tecla model. And so now I, you know, if I'm the fabricator, if I'm the steel fabricator, or you know, as you talked about, Roger, Robert, if you're the if you're doing the, the steel studs, it's like I want to know that I have the most current information for what I'm doing in my fabrication shop. And so if it's not, I mean, if I'm working off of a model that's you know, three weeks old, I'm gonna put the brakes on things right now and say, I need the most current information. And the plumber needs it. If we've got a load bearing structure, he's gotta know. So he's not hitting a, a structural member. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I, a great example of that just today. So JJ knows that I'm rebuilding my house. And I'm using concert with my contractor. Now this is a, this is small scale residential. This is not, you know, large commercial construction. But I made a bunch of changes to my power and lighting plans over the weekend because, you know, just in conversations with the electrician and kind of what we're trying to get accomplished, uh, we moved some things around. We changed some things and I added some stuff you know, tied to mobile pigeon audio. That I made those changes. I uploaded everything to concert this morning. At nine o'clock, at nine oh one, the electrician had the updated drawings. Hmm. How does hey Tim? So how, talk to me in the audience about the notifications of. We understand what concert does. Right. How how does it communicate and disseminate? So we have a mechanism that allows you to di distribute the recorded information. And when you distribute, I'm going to send it to five people. Everybody who's on that distribution list is going to get an email. Hey information's just been posted on concert. 
you know, that Tim wants you to go look at right now. And there is actually, there's an acknowledgement. They have to go in there and acknowledge, I looked at this. And again, that gets, re- and that gets recorded too. Yep, that gets recorded. Yep. And again, it's, it gets recorded on the blockchain. And I think this is one of the key components of blockchain that the reason why we went down this path was because it creates this chain of custody. Yep. You know, the information and how it was shared, who it was shared with, what happened to it, when it was shared, and if it was changed and shared again. You know, so that we've just got this ongoing chain of custody. And so we we know the 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 relevance of all of the information at each step along the way. I can't force you to open up that email and yeah. acknowledge it, but I know if you haven't. But again, then the culpability has has is is transferred. That you know it's not this is a different CYA. We're doing it for the betterment of the project and the yeah. and the dissemination of information, not to this takes away the advantage of who's got more horsepower than the underpower type thing. It's, yeah, it's just, very, very getting, interesting. Getting to yep. the place where we, we get away from people having the wrong information in the, in the field and they're, and they start building something and it's like, it's wrong. And then we stand there and we argue about, well, whose fault is it that it's wrong? Hey, Tim, I was curious. And I think the audience would be curious to know is, is this something that has to be put into, like, let's say, let's just say we're doing a design build project. What is this something that has to be put into the AIA or AGC or consensus docs contract language? And, and, uh, and a, it's, go ahead. Yeah, you know, I think you bring up a great point, JJ, because it's it's actually we're on literally on the verge of a major change, at least in terms of the AI documents about language around digital delivery for. Those who know what is going on in terms of contract doc- documents, they get updated every 10 years or so. And, they, and it takes that long because there's so much that goes into making sure the language is legally tested and, and everybody's not getting in, into problems with the language that's in the contract. It takes a long time to update. Well, AIA is about to release two major new updates to the AIA contract documents. The E203, which is the, it's the digital information document for AIA contracts, and the G203, which is called the BIM execution plan. <clears throat> now, historically, these two documents represent how architects have shared digital information outside of the design team. And the way they've been structured is that E203, which says, I, as the architect, I will share information with you. But what it's really been for the last 10 years has been a document that says, the information that I'm sharing with you, you can use it if you want, but you can't rely on it. You have to rely on the plans and specifications. So using this information is going to be at your own risk. And in addition, as the architect, I'm going to strip information out of that model because the right of reliance is on the drawings, not on the model. And so therefore, I don't want to have anything in the model that I give you that might conflict with what the drawings say. Because then we're going to get into an argument about, well, which is right, the model or the drawings. Up until this point in time, the drawings have always been the key. And so what's happening in the new update is the new E203 says the digital information is the contract. The digital information has, you have reliance on the digital information. 
this is a huge change. This is about, yeah, about time. Yeah, yeah that's huge. Change. Yeah. And and when this comes out later this year, this just I mean overnight now architects and contractors can be sharing information back and forth, and it's legally binding <laughs> underneath the architect's contract with the owner. And so that's just a huge thing. And then the G two hundred three, which is the BIM execution plan. The BIM execution plan is it's just it's a mechanism to say how are we going to use digital information in this process? How are we going to take what all of us are creating in terms of these digital artifacts and how are we going to use it how are we going to share it how are we going to record it how are we going to depend upon it what can't we do with it and then ultimately what's the artifact at the end of the whole process and for you know you guys have worked for in the industry for a long time you know that typically the client wants a finished uh, an as-built product at the end of the project right Mm-hmm. Whether that's plans or specifications or a BIM model. Well, so if you're getting to a point now where it's like we've got the E203 that says the digital information is now right of reliance, the digital information is now the contract. The G203 is a becomes a critically important because now it says now you create this plan that says we're sharing this information, we're creating a permanent record of what we share at these milestones in the project. And so everybody is on the same page. And at the end, we have this combined data set of information about the design and construction of the project that the owner can rely upon for use of managing facility management operations, whatever they're going to use their information for. So all of that, just it, it absolutely game-changing in terms of design and construction. And Concert's the only software that can do it. So Tim, let's go down. The audience is interested in concert and in your team. What is the typical, walk us through like a typical consultation and engagement, everything from take a few minutes here to describe what someone else has done with you, whether it's an architect, an engineer, a contractor, whomever. I think everyone would just love to hear how that transformation goes with getting signed up with you. So the core of what we're trying to work with our customers on is how are you using digital information today? How are you sharing it? Because uh, even although, again, models can't are not considered part of the contract documents today. Right. But, you know, JJ, you know as well as I do the design build. That model's going back and forth. Robert, you talked about that. It's like the mm-hmm. model's going back and forth all the time. So how are you doing that today? And then as we look at moving this into now, we're going to actually depend upon this information. We're going to sign it as the architect with our license. We're going to make this contractual uh, agreement that says we're going to do all this. What do you have to change to be to get to the place where you've got the rigor and, and you've got the capacity to confidently share that information and add the and, and not take up stuff in essence, not take out all the meat and leave you with just the bones, but really give you full access to all the information so that. It, Everybody can use it all the way through the process. So it's, a, it's as much talking about how they do their work as anything else. And then really building, building fundamentally helping build that BIM execution plan, helping build that, that process of digital information sharing. And where in that point, where, at what point in those processes does concert come into play? I mean, we're not, we're not in a situation, we don't want everybody like every night when you quit, you save your project to concert. That's, that's not appropriate. That's not what the tool is there for. 
But there are those moments and times where it's like, we're at the end of schematic design, record the project, record the information. We're at a point where we're making major decisions, record the information. We're at a point where we're issuing a component. We're issuing the, the metal stud package for prefabrication, recorded concert. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna work with our customers to, to sort of identify those key milestones, those key points in time where it's like, this makes sense to create this permanent record, to create, to start the chain of custody or the information so that we can go forward knowing confidently that we understand who said what, who, uh, who shared what, when it was shared, and what it was to be used for. There comes a time when dreams become a reality, when you see your vision materialize into a true work of art. And the only way to get there is to choose a general contractor who shares that same vision and knows how to bring it to life. At Blue Wave, we aren't so big that we've forgotten where we've come from, and we aren't so small that we can't care for your projects regardless of their size. When your vision deserves safety, perfection, timeliness, and expertise in order to become a reality, trust Blue Wave to get it done right the first time. Let me challenge the audience to think about some, let's go down our crazy conversation, Tim, for a second. Within concert and how you guys um, and gals looked at this and wanted to lay it out. Can it manage the metaverse, the avatars, maybe even a digital twin of me in the future of making those decisions and the recordation of that? Or maybe you have already thought of all this, but entertain, <laughs> entertain me, entertain me with your answer. Yeah, I, I love it when you get into the metaverse, JJ. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm a lot uh, better. Look, I'm a lot better looking there than in person. <laughs> trust me. You know, it's, it, there's and there's a lot of talk in in the world of design about the metaverse, and and even tied to that, all of these you know, AR, VR, um, AI, the different mechanisms that are going to come to play in design uh, to help generate design ideas, generate design solutions, um, but then also use them in ways that are atypical to the design process. The whole. AR VR piece uh, that was pushed hard in the industry because for many many people uh, it's difficult to read a two-dimensional drawing to, to really look at a floor plan and understand what am I looking at what's it actually going to feel like how is it going to work is difficult so you know in the early days we, we did renderings right we do a nice pretty artistic drawing of what the, the building is going to look like to help the client understand here's what you're getting we'll do models we you know in the in the time when i started you did a you built a model out of chipboard or out of mm -hmm. also wood or something like that and again now you had the opportunity to sort of see things and and move things around in three dimensions well ar vr were all extensions of those things we're creating an artistic representation of what the building's going to look like give you the opportunity to walk through it and to experience it with the VR, experience it in something that feels more realistic, feels more like you're actually walking through it instead of just looking at it on the screen. So all of that was intended to help communicate. But where it's gone is now, now we're creating these places, these uh, communities that are actually 100% virtual, but they aren't ever going to be a physical environment. 
I think that there's a role for architecture and construction to play in that. But I think the reality is, is that what's going to be far more valuable in the metaverse side of the equation is being able to take all of that information that was created and collected during design and construction and be able to, in real time, observe, model, and change what's happening in the building. We have, I mean, we have uh, digital uh, control systems for buildings today. I mean, uh, all of the big names are in that Johnson Controls, Honeywell, whoever you want to name off. Right. Those systems have been around for years. And yeah, okay, so I can turn up the heat, I can turn down the heat, I can turn on the AC, I can turn on the lights, I can turn off the lights. Those are simplistic functionalities of those systems. Where we're getting to, and as you mentioned, digital twin, JJ, it's, we're getting to a place where we can create this virtual version of the building that can interact in real time because of the sensors that we have in buildings, because of the systems that, uh, and their interconnectedness, that we can change things and actually see in real time what happens beyond mechanical, electrical, plumbing, those sorts of things. We can actually get into how is the building being used? If you look at from a, in a, in a real time, observational standpoint if i've got i've got two floors of an office building and i've got you know i'm paying 30 bucks a square foot for that space and i'm you know start looking at how my office is being used and i'm seeing like well you know what i really don't need two floors of an office building because 50 percent of my space is not being used 70 percent of the time that's real data that can that can be tremendously valuable to that customer, that client, and they can they can use it to make real business decisions about whether or not are they going to expand, are they going to you know use the space differently? Do we have to you know maybe I, I've got five conference rooms that are overused ninety percent of the day. Maybe I need to build or remodel and add more conference rooms. These are the real things that you know when you look at that virtual metaverse thing, you're you're getting into looking at the functional components of what we're doing day to day in in all of our buildings around around the, the world. Now there's a, another component in the metaverse side that's going to uh, urban designers have really been focused on creating this these interactive virtual communities that are based upon or tied to sensors in in the real world. So again, you can start to model, you can start to test and validate ideas that you might be able to apply in the real world sense but you're doing it first in the in the virtual virtual world beyond that you know are we going to get into gaming architects are already doing that i mean all, all the big name architects have already come out with designs for the metaverse that are intended to be basically just gaming platforms right um, for whatever's going to be going on inside the metaverse well, I know, and thanks for putting that into context, Tim, because my brain, the way it was working, was thinking about a real-life application of, you know, imagine you had, let's just take a hypothetical, let's say you have 10 people, you can have all the digital twins, you get that modeled, you interact that with what you're talking about with the in the metaverse, you can test it all ahead of time, which is so cool, and get the biometric feedback, all that kind of stuff, and then the team has unparalleled data to then go back to, you know, the capital stack, the development team, the municipality, the us as contractors, the A&E team, 
we are just given so many more tools to effectuate something that is so powerful that I don't, I don't think the common layperson can comprehend where this is going. And like Robert said, if two old geezers, well, I'll throw you in, if three old geezers like us can crack this yeah. code, can you imagine what the generations below us, if we just give them these tools, they will flourish with this at a, at a rate that, quite honestly, I'm excited because our industry is so desperate for it. Back to what you said is, I'm so tired of living in a CYA world. I want I want to have unity and collaboration and go forward. Instead of tripping over the, the dollar to pick up the nickel, I want the nickel invested to recoup the dollar. And I just think that this is a wonderful way of getting there. And I, you know, I can't thank you enough for taking the leap of faith to get concert going because I know you know, for, for the audience to let you know that the Tim's team and I, we, you know, I can't, I gotta be careful on, on the air here, but we're, we're definitely going to be doing this for one of our clients in the future because we're, we're just getting inundated with, by not having concert at our forefront, we can't keep track of the, the changes. I mean, Design build fix doesn't even put it in perspective right now. It's yeah. it's like it's like design build fix while the plane's flying, while the air parts are being airdropped in from China. You know, one of those things. Yeah. This gets so huge. I, I mean, you know, and I'm I'm for you know I'm I genuinely am the old guy here, and it's uh it's been it was really tough for me to understand until we got into really working so closely with architects and engineers and the design team and, and and providing models initially because they're load bearing and they're they're wall panels and 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 all that going back and forth and the numbers of times already that we've had oh well no I sent you that one this one this one has all those last changes and we shifted the 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 floor trusses you know six inches in the last one well no I don't have that oh well I can't find it now we got to do that work all over again it just gets mind-numbingly stupid at some point. Quite honestly, just a massive waste of money and time. So, yeah, I'm so ready. I'm with JJ. We need to find ever. We need to be pushing this to to everybody and and anybody that will listen. Well, it's interesting that that I think Robert, you touched on a really interesting point there, and that's the efficiency issue. Every industry has been disrupted because of the efficiencies that technology mm-hmm. has been brought to bear on. Mm-hmm. except for design and construction. Correct. Mm-hmm. And, Correct. And, and if we don't do something to improve the efficiencies of this system, it's going to get disrupted. Oh, absolutely. And it's going to get disrupted by somebody who's going to throw a whole bunch of money at it. We've already seen it. You, you had you know, one of the examples was in your fair city. And that is just going to be tremendously disruptive for all of those practicing firms in design and construction that are out there that may or may not be able to su- survive that. That's the real worry. We talk about it in our in our world from the prefab cold form steel world that, you know, we feel like very strongly that this is the direction, prefab's direction that's going, things are going, and, and you can build so much more accurate, fast, and all that. And we talk about it from that aspect, but when we start trying to do that and do all that clash detection and all of that, in, 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 you know, working together very, very early and they go, Oh, well, well, the plumber, the plumber doesn't work in Revit. The the plumber doesn't do 3d modeling. It's like, what do you mean? So, you know, it now throws that into it. Well, do we got to, do we find another consultant? What do we do? So there's going to be people left behind. But again, uh, Robert, the key, the key here is let's make sure the audience understands this. 
the model the modeling isn't the issue okay? i agree yep the 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 dissemination and recordation of who's got the most current model is is the real is issue. issue right 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 so let's be clear concert is not a modeling solution concert Correct. Right. concert is the digital recordation dissemination blockchain thing of here here's the whole litany like back to what tim said ones and zeros but again what i love about that is let's go back to the paper person fine if they still want the paper version at least when they now are on a job with concert they know that at least they have the the, the paper version that is the most accurate and up to date that is that True. is that is just so much different because remember when vim and ipd came on the market and everyone was going nuts about it it was still garbage in garbage out because no one knew what they were working off of because there was no there was no transactional like a ledger just like what blockchain is doing there mm-hmm. there was no ledger of who's working on what of, Who's on first and what's on second? Color coded drawings, you know. Yeah. Are you working on the pink set or the blue set? You know. <laughs> uh, so yeah. <laughs> what? Hey, um, uh, I want to be conscientious of time here, but Tim, I'm curious. It, I just dawned on me: Have we been able? We haven't talked about the municipalities and the utility companies. I'm I'm kind of macking out now. If have any of the large utility companies got on board with this? Because oh boy, do I see a total interaction with that with our with our AEC world can you opine on that sure so not only on the utility side but roads and bridges engine the flat the flat work side yes uh, state dot's are all over this in fact state dot's are going to be far in front of the uh, code jurisdictions in the cities wow okay uh, we've been talking to PennDOT about this and they're almost across the board right now. State DOTs are requiring all of their consultants to work in BIM and to deliver BIM as a contract deliverable. Mm. And so the notion that they can actually have this official record that they can actually trace and you have the chain of custody from all of that model information, that's perfect for what they're trying to do. So yes, I think the it's it's likely that if you want to generalize it to the civil side of the world, that there are in, uh, components of that that will adopt this a lot faster than the general building side. The general building side, it is difficult because it's so diverse. True. You know, in terms of the size, type, quality of contractors, size, type, quality of designers and architects and and professionals, um, it's a much more diverse market than you have in the in the heavy civil side. Awesome. Well, JJ, do you have anything further? No, I, I mean, I could probably talk for two more hours and ask crazy questions, but Tim, I just can't thank you enough. But let's be, make sure that the audience knows the concert. Can you give the full name so that people can search it online? Sure. Because I believe it's got a couple acronyms after it to make sure that concert is different than concert. <laughs> so if you would, oh. Tim. Please quantify and qualify how to get a hold of you and your team. Yeah, absolutely. So our website is www.getconcert.com. Very simple, straightforward. Uh, there's lots of information that you can get from our website. Uh, our LinkedIn, we're Concert BDC on LinkedIn at Concert BDC. So uh, you can find us on LinkedIn. We we publish. We do a weekly blog post 
uh, and talk about issues in design and construction and you know, issues in terms of Web3, blockchain, uh, even some discussions about cryptocurrency and kind of where that's all been. That's uh, all part of what we what we post on our website and our LinkedIn page. It's a uh, you know it's a, it's an ever changing environment and it gives us a lot of opportunity to talk about things. Like I said, there's some big changes coming up in the in the the model contracts that we're going to have a lot to say about in the in the coming months. Just put up an I just put up my blog post uh, this morning, so a new blog post on our website if you want to go see that. Excellent. So folks can uh, reach out to you through the web page, uh, through your people, uh, any num- any member of the team. Awesome. We're a small yeah. team. That's unbelievable stuff. I mean, I, I, we get to this point every time and it's like, okay, here we go again. I, I don't want to repeat myself, but we could go on for hours and hours. Thank you very much for coming on and being our guest, Tim. We will absolutely do this again. Happy to do it. I appreciate the, the time. I appreciate the questions. It's there's a lot of opportunity for the design and construction industry to make a major impact in our world. And I think we're here to make sure that we continue to push forward with the best ways to do that. Awesome. We appreciate you, Tim, for being a catalyst for that change. Thank you. Thank you. Daryl, take us out of here. You've been listening to the Mac and Blue Show, brought to you by Tory Contracting and Blue Wave General Contracting. Be sure to subscribe to the Mac and Blue podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Follow Robert Johnson and JJ Levensky on LinkedIn and Instagram. Tune in live every first and third Thursday at 3 p.m. as we continue to introduce you to the people building Arizona. Walt Disney said, you can dream, create, design, and build the most wonderful place in the world, but it requires people to make the dream a reality. Until next time, make it a great day.